I'm in the big leagues, told them don't miss me. Ballin' like Houston, ayy, feelin' like Whitney. I need a bag, bruh, send it through quickly. I'm making his dog, like I'm in the big leagues. Told him that I gotta go, dog. I'm riding the road, y'all. I think that I'm back in my bag now. So I need that go, y'all. Got hits when he throwin' the fastball. Just too quick for it, peeling off like the whip orange. this piss poor. I got too much, I got What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Another Turnover, the basketball podcast where a basketball fan with no basketball credibility gives his opinions on what's going on in the NBA, opinions that nobody asked for. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Chris Aaron Murphy, aka Aaron. And ladies and gentlemen, let's just jump right into it. Folks, we are back with another episode. This is episode 72 of Another Turnover, the 72nd edition. Uh, But we are in season three, episode 22 of season three. And I am excited because the playoffs are in full swing. Like I've said before, this is the real regular season. I know the regular season is, you know, your official 82 games. But this is what counts. This is where your name can either be etched in the annals of history or you can be forgotten about. And I'm here for it. <laughs> but uh, I basically, with this episode, I'm going to go through what has happened so far. So if you're a longtime listener, you know I usually record on Thursday nights. And there are games taking place right now, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check. Well, I, there's at least some games happening tonight. I know at least two or three of them. Uh, so 6.30 Central Time will be the Brooklyn and the Philadelphia 76ers game. Tonight, you also have Game 3, and that's Game 3 of that series. Um, All Game 3s tonight, actually. You've got Golden State and Sacramento. That's Game 3 of that series. And then you have Phoenix and the Clippers. Uh, That is also Game 3. So by the time you're listening to this, uh, my takes will either make a whole lot of sense or they will have aged like milk. (laughs) Um, Because, I mean, obviously... I won't know the outcome of these because I will have recorded this beforehand. But nonetheless, we are still going to have a wonderful show, and I'm excited to to get into it. So um, let's start in the Western Conference, my favorite conference. Let's start there first, and we'll start with the number one ranked team, the Denver Nuggets, taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. So this series right now is officially 2-0 to with Denver winning the first two games at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves in mostly convincing fashion. I mean, game one was uh, 109 to 80. So, I mean, that was pretty decisive. And then game two was pretty interesting because you had Denver up by, oh gosh, about 20 some odd points at one point, I think in the third quarter. And then the Timberwolves stormed back in the third quarter, um, led by uh, Anthony Edwards in in that scoring effort, but ultimately fell to the Denver Nuggets 122 to 113. Now, I mean, I didn't expect much from this series. Uh, I don't. I still don't think this series is going to be long. If you remember on my playoff preview show, I don't think this is going to be a long, drawn-out series. I could potentially see maybe possibly going five, especially with the way that Minnesota played on yesterday, well, Wednesday. By the time you're uh, you're listening to this, um, especially the way they played in that game, I'm like, okay, they. I mean, they can they can put some points on the board, but. I, they're just not nearly as good or talented as the Denver Nuggets. Um, now, these games, like I said, well, based off what I saw in that game too, especially, these games may be somewhat competitive, but I would be surprised if it doesn't get wrapped up in five games, I would say. Um, but 
Now that game too, um, I did catch that game. That was a, uh, like I said, um, a pretty nice comeback from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, you had Anthony Edwards had 40 points in that game, or excuse me, 41 points actually in that game. Had a phenomenal scoring effort. Obviously, ultimately wasn't enough. You had Jamal Murray putting in 40 points himself in that game. We haven't seen a 40-point playoff game from Jamal Murray since the bubble um, when he was playing like the second coming of MJ in that uh, series against the Utah Jazz along with uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, at the time for the Utah Jazz. But uh, so far, these first two games, you got Jamal Murray is pretty much leading in uh, the series leader. He's got 32 points uh, average for the first two games, uh, five and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. So playing pretty well. Nikola Jokic doing his thing, uh, 20 points, 11 and a half rebounds. Assist numbers are a little bit down. They're 7.5, 7 and a half assists right now. Um, but the Denver Nuggets, I mean, overall, just, you know, playing better, uh, shooting almost 50% from the field, shooting 42% from three-point range um, versus Minnesota, who is shooting 43% from the field and 37% from three-point range and only 71% from the free-throw line. So, um, yeah, like I said, I don't expect this to be a long series at all. Give me the Denver Nuggets in five games based off what I have seen so far in this series. But let's go on to the next one. Uh, let's talk about this one is the four-seeded Phoenix Suns taking on the fifth-seeded Los Angeles Clippers. And these two games have been phenomenal to start the bat. Uh, you had game one, Clippers won that one on the road, 115 to 110. Kawhi Leonard had 38 points in that game. And then game two, you had the, the Suns winning that one um, pretty decisively. It was it was back and forth for a good while, but pretty decisively in the end. 123 to 109 with Devin Booker also putting in 38 points in that game. So um, pretty impressive uh, and entertaining games back and forth. It was really cool uh, to see... Uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, Ka Ka Kawhi, excuse me, I'm so used to saying Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but uh, Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard going back and forth with each other, especially in that game one. Um, I mean, as a Spurs fan, you know, you know, Kawhi left in the way that he did, not holding on to it anymore. I'm over it. Took me a couple of years, but I'm over it now. But uh, I really, man, I really, you know, with Kawhi Leonard being out of the lineup so much or pretty much since, you know, he left the Spurs, even with Toronto and now the Clippers, it it's been fun to see him on the basketball court again at the highest level. I mean, the man can hoop. Like Kawhi Leonard is I mean, hats off to him. I mean, he's a two time finals MVP for a reason. Like, but it was just impressive the way he he plays the game, he dictates dictates the game at his own pace. He uh, doesn't get rattled. I mean, he and he never shows any emotion. He dunks like this, <laughs> and it's just it's it's impressive. But that was a really fun matchup to see um, from, from the Clippers side. Russell Westbrook, though, uh, he struggled in that first game. I don't have his uh, his field goal percentage from that first game, but he was like three of sixteen at one point, like three of seventeen. So he did not shoot the ball well, but did other things on the court uh, in terms of hustle and made that defensive uh, stop on Devin Booker towards the end of that game, which was pretty impressive. Uh, but then in game two, he bounced back. He went nine of sixteen from the field, had twenty eight points in that game, and only three turnovers. And I think he put in five points, or excuse me, five boards and five assists. So uh, Russell Westbrook, if he can be that for the Clippers, they might have a shot in this series. I'm still going with the with the Phoenix Suns. My my original prediction was six. Based off what I've seen right now, I'm going to stick with that. But I 
would not be shocked if this potentially went seven. Um, now, there was some news that came out just before I was about to start uh, recording the show. Um, obviously, Paul George, his, you know, uh, place in the series is still up in the air. He's dealing with his injury. I can't exactly remember what his injury is right now off the top of my head. But obviously, if he plays, that's huge. That's going to be huge for them. But unfortunately for the Los Angeles Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, news just came out that Kawhi Leonard is going to be out for Game 3, which is tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Did I? I know I just looked that up, but I already forgot. Yeah, that game is going to be tonight. 9.30 Central Time, but Kawhi Leonard will not be playing, which absolutely sucks because he was just playing so well, like I said, those first two games, currently averaging 34.5 points per game, 6.5 rebounds, and 6 assists. Um, I mean, putting on an absolute show uh, for us fans. So hopefully he's able to come back. Uh, it, it, he's listed as day-to-day -day right now. I'm sure they're just being precautionary, but I mean, he sat out half the season it's 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 playoff times i mean if he is injured he shouldn't play but if he's hurt you probably should play through that like this is a this is a crucial series but i mean it is what it is but no Kawhi leonard tonight for game three so um i'm sure that is going to have a major impact on the game and i would not be surprised if phoenix obviously took advantage and won tonight's game three but that's the 4-5 matchup in the Western Conference. Let's go ahead and go to another really exciting matchup in the Western Conference. The Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Sacramento is currently leading the series two games to zero. So this series probably has the most drama out of all of the series so far. Um, I mean, we know the Warriors, like... Uh, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I like the Warriors. I'm They're not my team, obviously. San Antonio Spurs, ride or die. But uh, I like the, like watching the Warriors play, but they do come with a lot of drama, particularly from one player, which I'll get get to that in just a minute. Um, but this Sacramento crowd, it's I'm I'm really happy for them. I'm really happy to see Sacramento back in the playoffs. I mean, those fans have been starving because I think they're the only show in town. I'm pretty sure they don't have any other major sports teams. So the people in Sacramento love their Sacramento Kings, and I mean they've stuck by them through these years and years and years and years of mediocrity um but they uh that sacramento kings team they're tough they're gritty and they know how to put points on the board game one winning 126 to 123 game two winning 114 to 106 now um as much as you know we should be talking about sacramento's play and what they've done well to beat the golden state warriors in these first two games what are we talking about draymond green so Draymond Green was suspended. He will not play tonight's game three for his stomp. It's a physical stomp on DeMontis Sabonis in the was about seven or eight minutes in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken, of game two. Now, I watched the replay multiple times. What happened? Draymond says DeMontis Sabonis held onto his ankle, held onto his foot. And he did. Clearly, it showed in the video that DeMontis Motors was holding onto his foot. Now, should Draymond Green have stomped on his chest? Absolutely not. That was wrong. He shouldn't have done that. At least, this is all my opinion. Um, but should Draymond Green have been suspended for that specific instance? No, I don't think he should have. I mean, to suspend Draymond Green, um, you know, going back to Golden State, they're down 0-2. Like, that's, that's huge. That's pivotal. Like, I would say, like, if, I mean, if he did something incredibly egregious, like, 
here, here's how I think about it. Draymond Green would not have been in that situation if DeMontis Sabonis was not holding on to his leg, to his ankle, or whatever you want to call it. So I'm not excusing his behavior because what Draymond Green did was wrong after that. But at the same time, it reminds me of, you know, the old saying, you know, the clean version, the more you mess around, the more you're going to find out. And obviously, DeMontis Sabonis found out in that particular instance. But nonetheless, Draymond Green was wrong for stopping, but I do not believe that that warranted a suspension, especially in the playoffs in a critical game three. But hey, that's my opinion. What do I know? I'm not an NBA executive. I'm just a fan. But uh, I'll be really interested to see what happens. Obviously, obviously, if Golden State goes down 0-3, they're done. No one's ever come back from an 0-3 deficit. I mean, could someone do it? Yeah, probably. Is this Golden State Warriors team capable of doing it? I don't think so. Uh, so obviously, Game 3 is, you know, putting it lightly, a must-win situation for the Golden State Warriors. And I think they can do it. I, I, I mean... I think they'll probably end up winning. They're as bad as they've been on the road this year. Like they're the worst or the second worst road record in the NBA. They've been, they have the third best home record this year, which is incredible. Like, how are they? I, I just don't get it. Like, I was like, are y'all not taking the same players on the road that you play at home? But it's crazy. I know role players typically take, play better at home, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think Golden State will probably end up winning tonight, but let's see how poorly that take will age in the morning <laughs> if you're listening to this uh, Friday morning, which most of y'all do. But anyway, last series in the Western Conference, we have this series is tied one to one, one game apiece, Memphis and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, as much as it pained me to do so, I did pick the Los Angeles Lakers, I believe, in seven games to win this series. Um, this one has been very entertaining so far as well. Um, it just... It sucks that this Memphis team is just so annoying because I want to like them, but they haven't they haven't won anything to warrant all of the trash talk that they do. Like it's just I mean I mean Dylan Brooks, John Morant, uh, who else on that team? I like Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is he seems like a pretty cool guy, but the rest of them it's just it's like why are y'all doing all this chirping? Like y'all have not won a championship. Y'all have not even made it to the conference finals as a unit yet. Um, so it, it, it does suck though. This series is kind of, uh, tainted as of right now. John Morant obviously injured his hand in that game one. I think he's still listed as day to day. I don't think he's out for the playoffs or anything like that, but, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers didn't take advantage. So they, well, I'm, they won game one. The Lakers is that is 128 to 112, um, with a crazy run towards the end of the game, like 17, 16, 0 run, something like that. But then game two, no John Morant, he was out and they didn't capitalize. Like they they lost 103 to 93, um, and I mean it was like what were Anthony Davis? How did Anthony Davis play in that game? Anthony Davis had 13 points and nine rebounds in that game. Shot four of 14 from the field. Like what the heck, Anthony Davis? Like this, like he's got to be their best player in this series. He's got to go at Jaron Jackson uh, Jr. or any of the other Memphis Bays and just go off if they want to win this series. Like, they could have, you know, got themselves in a great position going up 2-0 back to Los Angeles. But the way they won that game, it was like, I was like, where is the, where is the, you know, the fire from, or, you know, the motivation from Anthony Davis to win this series, but, or excuse me, to win this specific game in game two. So that kind of sucked to see that uh, from the Los Angeles Lakers. 
Um, if they want to win this series, like I said, AD's just got to be aggressive. He's has to, you know, be aggressive. But shout out to Rory Hachimura and Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves was, you know, pretty much the reason that they actually won that game. Uh, that game one, he went on a crazy run himself. But he also had a pretty good game. I mean, a well decent game in uh, game two. He he had 12 points, uh, five rebounds, four assists. Shot 5 of 12 from the field, so I mean, not the most efficient percentage, but shout out to Austin Reeves, shout out to Roy Achimura, um, the Lakers role players playing pretty well so far, and you don't really hear that with a LeBron team because his role players haven't always been the best, um, at least recently that is, but uh, I'm excited to see where this series goes. I really hope John Morant can come back and play, and he's somewhat healthy. I mean, give me 75% John Morant. I mean, they still, you know, could potentially win this series, but if he does not come back in this series... Lakers, I mean, I still pick the Lakers even with John Morant, but Lakers, I think the Lakers got this in the bag still. Uh, but seven games. I want to see seven games for them. But that's it for the West. Let's go ahead and transition to the Eastern Conference and take a look at what's happened so far in the playoffs. But um, the Milwaukee Bucks, number one ranked best team in the Eastern Conference, playing against the eighth-seeded Miami Heat. That series is tied one-to-one. And we have another series with uh, another injury to a major star. Giannis Antetokounmpo, unfortunately, in Game 1, injured his back. And they have not said as of when he could come back. But, um, yeah, I mean, that sucks. Like, that's a huge blow to this uh, Milwaukee Bucks team. But also, on the flip side, the Miami Heat... Uh, Tyler Hero broke his hand, unfortunately, and hit a three after he broke his hand with a shooting hand. That was pretty impressive. Big shout out to Tyler Hero for that. But um, Tyler Hero is also going to be out, they said, at least until the finals. That's obviously if Miami Heat were to make the finals, that'd be the earliest he could come back. But uh, so, I mean, he's pretty much done for the playoffs, which sucks because he's a huge bucket getter for them. Um, you know, leaves a bit to be desired on the defensive end, but nonetheless, Tyler Hero, unfortunately, going to be out for the playoffs. So you've got two injuries to their major stars right now. But Miami Heat ended up winning that game one, 130 to 117. Um, but they got destroyed in that game two. They were down by 35 at one point. Only ended up losing by 16. But they lost 138 to 122. So, so this series is definitely going to have to shift uh, depending on when Giannis comes back. Chris Middleton's got to return to form. He's been injured in and out most of the season because I haven't watched. I was yeah, watched, you know, a good portion of Bucks games, and when he played, I'm just like, man, he is not the same guy. Because like in that 2021, that year that they won, like he was the man. Obviously, Giannis was the best player. Don't get me wrong, but Chris Middleton is a major region reason why they won that championship, along with Drew Holiday and you know the other role players, Bobby Portis and things like that. Um, but. You know, I could see this series going longer. I can't remember if I picked Milwaukee to win in four or five. I think I picked them to win it, you know, relatively quickly. But that was obviously with the health of Giannis Antetokounmpo and their other star players. I could see this series going longer with the injuries to Giannis and Tyler Hero. But I'm still going with the Bucks. I mean, I'm still riding with the Bucks. They were my preseason NBA champion. And I'm sticking with them. I hope, even though I really like what I see from Boston. But we'll get to that later. Um, but hopefully, I think Giannis will end up being back before the series goes back to Milwaukee. Because at least we're going to go back to Milwaukee for Game 5. And I think he'll probably end up playing in one of those Miami games. But uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But the next series, uh, the one I was most looking forward to, the most anticipated series for me, was the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks, the 4-5 matchup. 
Um, currently, series is tied one to one, one apiece. They split the first two games in Cleveland. The New York Knicks won Game One, 101 to 97. The Cleveland Cavaliers won Game Two, 107 to 90. So a pretty impressive victory in the second game for the Cleveland Cavaliers, bouncing back after losing on their home floor in Game One. Now, like I said, this was my most anticipated matchup. Predicted the Cavs to win this one in seven, and this is pretty much on par with what I thought was going to happen in this series. Um, I really do think that they're going to split these first four games, and we are going to go back to Cleveland 2-2. I don't know if Cleveland will win game three or game four. I could see them, if I had to put it on the line, I could say they'll probably win game four um, as it stands right now, but um you know, they came out, you know, on fire in game two. Obviously, that was must win for them. You, you can't go back. You can't go down 0-2 going back to, you know, your opponent's home floor. Like, if they were down 0-2 going in New York, oof, they'd be in trouble. But uh, but being down, uh, being, or having series tie going on the road, you're, in, you're, you're all right. You're still in, in, decent, in decent shape. But they, uh, that game two was pretty bad. They crushed the Knicks for the most part, um, you know. Like I said, I expect them to split this series, but it'll probably end up being a uh, a best of three, two two headed back to Cleveland. That's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. But so far, Donovan Mitchell has uh, been the uh, been the leader in terms of his point production: twenty seven and a half points, ten and a half assists, shooting forty eight percent from the field, thirty eight percent from three point range. Darius Garland has been no slouch though: twenty four and a half points, four assists. Also shooting 57% from three-point range. He's 8 of 14 so far in these first two games. I was like, holy cow, Darius Garland, all right. Give yourself a bow. But uh, Knicks players playing pretty well. You've got uh, 23 and a half points from Jalen Brunson, um, averaging four assists. Assist production is a little bit down, but Julius Randle putting up 20 and a half points per game and 90, or excuse me, nine rebounds uh, so far average. So, uh I'm excited. I'm excited to see what that happens with this uh, with this Knicks and Cavs series, just because I think it has also potential to go seven. And like I said, I'm sticking with the Cavs in Game Seven. But uh, next series, you got the three seeded Philadelphia 76ers taking on the six seeded Brooklyn Nets. Um, right now, Philadelphia 76ers lead two to zero, um, winning the first game 121 to 101, winning the second game 96 to 84. Uh, there's no other way to put this. I think this series probably gets wrapped up in four. Um, I think Philly probably ends up going 3-0 tonight. That's what I'm leaning towards. Um, I mean, they're just overall, they're just a better team. Better, I mean, you know, better team as a, at, better as a unit, better talent. Obviously, Brooklyn is playing with players that, you know, they got pretty much right at the trade deadline. So they're, you know, still really learning how to play together. I know they had a couple months, but still this, you know, Phoenix, or excuse me, this Philadelphia 76ers team has been together for a few years now. Um, shooting 46% from the field in this series, 41% from three and 90% from the free throw line. That's for the Philadelphia 76ers. Whereas you have the Brooklyn Nets who are shooting the same percentage wise, from the field, but 36% from three and 66% from the free throw line. So leaving a lot of points on the line at the free throw line. They're also getting out rebounded by about 11 rebounds, 47 to 36. But like I said, overall, Philadelphia just, they're just more talented. I mean, I don't even know what I wrote down here. Oh, <laughs> I was just basically, you know, talking about how, you know, when the going gets tough, you know who's going to get the ball in Philadelphia. It's going to be Joel Embiid. 
It's going to be James Harden. Sometimes it's even going to be Tyrese Maxey. If he has it going, they're going to feed him. In Brooklyn, we don't really have that as of right now. Obviously, Mikael Bridges is probably the best player, but he didn't play that role as the go-to guy in Phoenix. He was the the third best guy on the team. Um, so it'll be uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. I think tonight will end up being competitive, being back in Brooklyn. But I think the Philadelphia 76ers end up pulling out this win and they go up three to nothing. But but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But last series in the Eastern Conference, um, also probably going to be another quick one. You have the two-seeded Boston Celtics taking on the seventh-seed Atlanta Hawks. Boston leads this series two to nothing as well. Uh, Boston won Game One, 112 to 99. They won Game Two, 119 to 106. This series is probably going to be a sweep. I mean, I don't see after these first two games. Oh, series on. After these first two games, I don't see Atlanta beating the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics are pretty much just a matchup nightmare for them, especially on the defensive end. Um, they were down, Boston that is. Uh, Atlanta came out on fire in game two, and I turned the game on. By the time I started watching the game, they were down by like, it was like 15, 16 points. I was like, holy cow. By the end of the first quarter, Boston was up by three points. So I was like, oh, that was quick. Uh, but like I said, they're, they're pretty much just a matchup night, nightmare, especially on the defensive end. They're just too much for Atlanta to handle. Um, I won't be surprised if they end up, they play tomorrow, Saturday. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, or no, excuse me, Friday. So listening to this today, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston goes up three to nothing in that series. I got to give a shout out to DeJounte Murray though. 26 and a half points, seven rebounds, six assists, former spur. It's always be a spur at heart. But uh, Jason Tatum, I mean, he's got you with 27 points per game, 10 and a half rebounds, four assists. You've also got uh, other Hawks Celtics players. Um, Derek White averaging 25 in these first two games, six boards, four and a half assists. Jalen Brown's got 23 and a half. Marcus Smart playing well, doing what he does, 12, six and six. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench, giving you some pretty good production. So, I mean, overall, this Boston Celtics team should wrap this up it should wrap it up in four like let's let's not let's not mess around just go ahead and wrap it up in four but um that's the breakdown of the what's happened so far only two games into the playoffs for most teams three games in for some teams by the time you're listening to this um but before we wrap up here i want to get into the awards that have been announced which by the way there was a award tonight that was announced for uh oh yeah as of 28 minutes ago so let me go through these so uh coach of the year uh well deserved is none other than mike brown of the sacramento kings getting the kings to the third best record in the uh western conference like i said no one predicted the kings being the third best team in the western conference before the season so shout out to mike brown this is his second time winning first time he won was I think, I want to say it was 2009 with the Cleveland Cavaliers, back in LeBron's first stint with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I I thought that was pretty cool. So congratulations to Mike Brown. Um, First time ever award uh, for Clutch Player of the Year, NBA, this is the first year they're doing that, is De'Aaron Fox, also of the Sacramento Kings. I don't know the statistics of how they pulled that for, uh, for Clutch Player of the Year. Let me see. I'm assuming it's the most points within like a two-minute stretch, but let's take a look. Uh, the voting was runaway. He led the league with 100 
and 94 clutch points. So um, he got 91 of the possible 100 first place votes and 460 of possible 500 votes. So De'Aaron Fox, clear cut clutch player of the year. So shout out to De'Aaron Fox. Um, Defensive player of the year was Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis. Um, He also uh, had a really good season as well. I want to remember, I want to go back to who I picked for, oh no, I didn't predict who the defensive player of the year was going to be, Um, but I'm not surprised by that. Jaron Jackson Jr., great on the defensive end. He just fouls too much. He needs to learn how to not had people playing defense but uh this award just got announced uh 20 minutes before i went on the air and that is the sixth man of the years goes to none other than malcolm brogdon of the boston celtics so now if you remember uh, malcolm brogdon used to play for the milwaukee bucks and he was their starting point guard so he could be starting on quite a few teams but the fact that he has accepted his role of six man is commendable, is respectable. I mean, obviously, as a Spurs fan, Monte Ginobili did the same thing. He could have been starting for years for another team, but accepted that role that was a spark plug off the bench. And he usually finished games in San Antonio as well. But, um, but yeah, shout out to Malcolm Brogdon, sixth man of the year over, who was it that who was in the running? Who were the finalists for that? Let's see. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly from the New York Knicks was also considered and Bobby Portis from the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so pretty pretty good competition uh, to win that for that particular award. But we still have three awards that we don't know the results for as of yet. We have the Most Improved Player, which is either Jalen Brunson from New York Knicks, Shea Gilgis-Alexander from the Oklahoma City Thunder, which I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to get it, um, and then Laurie Markkinen from the Utah Jazz, uh, Rookie of the Year, Paolo Bencaro, which he pretty much should be the runaway. I think he's going to win it. We also got Walker Kessler and Jalen Williams from Oklahoma City Thunder is also considered. And then you have the MVP, your top dog award, individual award for the year. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Milwaukee Bucks, Joel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers, and Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets. You know my pick. I think it should be Nikola Jokic, but I think Embiid will probably end up winning it, but we'll see. But those are the awards, and that is the playoffs so far in a nutshell. And that is all the time I have for you folks. So uh, if you could do all the good things, like I say every week, like, share, subscribe, leave comments. I would greatly appreciate it. Follow on the socials at another turnover, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. I think those are all the socials that I have. I can't remember. But anyway, I hope you enjoy yourself some playoff basketball. If you're going to be watching this weekend or whatever it is that you do, I hope you do it with the people that you love the most and you have fun doing it but anyway take care have a great weekend and i'll see you next week